Welcome to Houndsy, the Steel Army Podcast. I'm Dan Yost, and after a, a short, short break, we are back, uh, but just in time for the second season to kick off as the Hounds roll in to the postseason. First in the East, first overall, first hardware in club history. These are, in every way, shape, and form, the good times. And to talk that through with me, got two cool dudes. First, Mr. Devin Pale. What's good, man? How's your month been? It's been busy. It's been good. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's a great time to be watching the Hounds and um, ready to go, ready to uh, talk some player shield, talk some playoffs. It's great. Nice. Also here, uh, some some painted up fingers from from doing the hard work today. It's Ariana. What's good with you? Uh, it's been good. It's been a good month. Uh, happy to have a short break uh, from from our summer of soccer, but uh, also happy to be uh, rearing up into uh, the next month's uh, insanity that will come of uh, playoff soccer. So. You're damn right. I'm pumped. I'm You're pumped. damn right it's going to be a month. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whole, I'm here for the whole thing. Home home games all around. It, it, I mean, if it's like the summer soccer, now it's going to be the fall soccer. Fall yes. with a capital F, not, not a lowercase F. The autumn yeah. of soccer. There it is. Yeah. Get, get, the, uh, get the phrasing right there. Yeah, uh, there it is. Yep. Kids, it's, it's been a little over a month since we last spoke. On episode 69. Nice. Thank you. Uh, In the meantime, the Hounds have played six soccer games. Five wins, zero losses, and a draw. Um, Is the first takeaway um, we should talk about them less and just let them do their thing? Could be. (laughs) That's a good point. They were kind of winning a lot when we were talking about them too, but... But yeah, um, yeah, before we get into Tampa specifically, we're going to start. Let's just quickly go over uh, the game since we last last spoke as a as a little you know our little talk therapy sessions we have here. Three uh, one home win over Loudon, two uh, one road win down at the Miami. Come back home two one over New Mexico. Cl- close out the home portion of the regular season with a three two win over Tulsa. Then the big old game against Tampa last weekend, and then uh, this last game, the scoreless draw at Detroit. Devin, we'll start with you. Any big picture things you want to combine those six games into to bring up? Um, you know, if we're talking about big picture stuff, it felt like the lineup up until the Detroit game was relatively consistent. Um, the results obviously were very consistent. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just working. <laughs> There's teams can't break us down, and the goals are going in. Um, yeah, nothing in particular other than that. Ariana, any any you know big picture looks from those from those final six games of the the regular season? Uh, similar. The lineup for the first time pretty much all season became very much steady. Um, 
every time you look at it, you're like, all right, it's the same lineup. I think for a stretch feel, you know, it felt like we're, you know, we're in a groove, but at the same time, as evidenced by the change in lineups for Detroit, we still have a solid, you know, uh, bench. We have a second, you know, secondary line. It's just, we're all around in a comfy space. And, and I feel like this is, this is great. You know, I feel comfortable going into playoffs with not only who we may or may not have on the 11, but also the 18, but also, you know, the folks that might not make it onto the bench each game. So it's a, it's a pretty solid and sturdy lineup. So it's a, it's a nice group of guys. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, yeah, it is probably, I mean, I'm not going out on a limb here, but it's probably the, the, the closest group of, of guys we've had in terms of, of team unity. For sure. Uh, in a long, long time. Uh, that For sure. Probably get to that. We, we discuss the uh, Dequa uh, uh, Stu Army Award, Player of the Year. Getting the uh, mm-hmm. the whole team coming over for the, the group photo and stuff like that. Just, it, was, it's yeah. it's a different vibe with with the the squad right now. Absolutely. Uh, my takeaway from all this, and actually it goes back a little bit just before that to the, the Hartford game, the 4-3 insanity game. Hartford, uh, they come back and draw, or they get a tie. They, they tie it up late. Hounds find a way to win. Miami scores late, down man to make it 1-1. The Hounds find a way to score late, get the result. Um, they let Tulsa get back into it a little bit, uh, but Ben don't break. Uh, a lot of this stuff, I feel you look at those games, those are games last year. We sat there, the the pissing away a 2-0 lead at home against sugar-free last year for a 3-2 loss. Those are games last year that I don't think they're getting three points out of, and this year they did. And that was the difference in the great home record and ultimately uh, the first uh, proper trophy uh, in the club's history. came down to getting all 90 mentalized guys and, and even when they stumbled late, find a way to, to pull one back. And again, I thought that was a stark difference from what this team was like last year. Yeah. <sighs> Let's kick it off, uh, not with the Detroit game that just happened, but we'll go back a week before. Uh, Rowdies, uh, Hounds, down in St. Petersburg. Uh, I, I'm pretty comfortable in saying, uh, at least in the Highmark Stadium era of this club, and I, I've yet to hear anyone point out a specific game uh, in the you know the high school, the high school tour era of of the of the Hounds, a bigger um, late season regu- late regular season match than what we had down in St. Petersburg. Uh, everyone was a little on edge. Uh, there was mm-hmm. hardware on the line. There was. Home field through the playoffs on the line, and we've talked about how the Hounds have not been the best team on the road. Uh, and they go down there, and in 29 seconds, they have a goal. Devin, we'll start with you. What were your thoughts going into that game? 
Uh, the lineup, I think we all kind of knew what the lineup was going to look like. Um, thoughts on the game and, and thoughts on, on the start of it? Yeah, like going into it, um, they're the number two team in the league at the time. Like, So it's it's one versus two. It's a huge game. Uh, but like you said, scored 30 seconds in. And to me, like Tampa had possession the entire game, but it, it didn't really feel like they were that threatening. Uh, they worked the ball into the box a good bit, but other than that one shot that kind of caught Wade off guard, it didn't feel like they were really going to score. Um, the one they saw late, um, yeah, diamonds of the first yeah, half. Yes. Yep, and, and even that wasn't a great shot. It just Wade didn't. He didn't see it right Got away. Blocked but out it, of it. It really, yeah, it really felt like the Hounds were were in control. And I mean, to do that to the number two team in the league, yeah, it's that's it. Just kind of goes back to what this team is made of this year where they can pull out those late wins and they can also make good teams look silly. So should really give them confidence going into the, uh, the playoffs. Yeah. It's, I mean the, the, the stat we all pulled out of it was the Hounds with 28% of the ball in that game. Yeah. Um, the, the passes, the, the, the accurate pass stat, uh, the Hounds with 154 accurate passes to Tampa Bay's 536. Um, but again, it never felt that threatening, and that reminds me back to the Columbus Open Cup game, where they had the ball. They, being Columbus, had a majority of the ball, a majority of of the possession and the control and the work with it. But then you look at what third of the field those passes occurred in. They were in terms of where the ball stayed at most of the game. It was in. Either Columbus's third of the of the field or the the center third. Like, all right, you had a bunch of passes, but you had a you had passes, square passes, negative passes, things that weren't going to to lead to anything. Which is down to the Hounds having good defensive shape and not letting the opening occur. And stat wise, I mean, the, this Tampa game is is just like an absurd outlier in terms of yeah we the hounds don't like possession but then you get to 20 percent and have a master class performance but it did remind me a lot of the columbus game in terms of it doesn't matter that they don't have the ball they're still dictating without the ball where the game is being played on the field mm-hmm. uh, ariana um your thoughts on that game uh setting up at, at Bulldog um, and I mean before you even realize the game had kicked off uh, it's it's one nil good guys yeah I was a ball of nerves all day I had worked that day it was my one weekend you know every so often that I have to work you know at work and so I had worked that day I was stressed all day um, little ball of nerves when I got to the bar um, there were people that just, there wasn't a seat for us when we first got there. The dinner crowd was still there. And then when we finally, you know, was, there was a seat being cleared for us, some Jagoffs came and took them. And it, I was just like, I'm, I was a little ball of nerves. I was like, everything's on the line. Everything's gonna, you know, not everything's on the line, but like, I, you know, this is the first, this is the first chance we've had for, you know, feels like you know just it was hardware it's it, it, that's ever just, that was the it. answer the, the correct answer ever. first time ever <laughs> so 
it felt, you know, just like there was a lot of, it felt like a, honestly, like the, like a playoff game or even a final, like it just felt, I don't even think I was as stressed with like, you know, Cincy or, um, Columbus and the open cup. And those were also like fantastic games, fantastic runs. So I just was, you know, I don't know why I was just kind of on edge. I, probably the fact that I downed a, a venti coffee on the way there, but, um, it was just, there was a lot going on. And then, you know, we kind of settle in, we have four of the five TVs and we have a pretty solid, you know, number in the, in the bar. We had at least half, if not more of the, the bar itself. And, you know, we're sitting down, we're all kind of getting used to it. And then all of a sudden, I think we started the chant, you know, we've got the ball, uh, the, the one chant that just kind of, I feel like it's a cop out, but in the best kind of way. Uh, and we're chanting along in the bar and all of a sudden Dequa just sinks a beautiful one 30 seconds in. And I don't think any of us knew what to do with ourselves. Uh, my nerves were, you know, we're gone. You know, we still had 90 plus minutes basically to play, but it just felt, you know, a little bit more, I could, I could breathe a little easier. Uh, and then the, the rest of the game just kind of went, you know, great. We sunk another one and then everyone was comfy. Um, we set up my camera to, to film at the end of the game. And that just, well, that was also a little ball of nerves, seven minutes of freaking extra time. That was abysmal, but just, that was, it was a great experience, a great vibe. And I think probably the, the second best vibe to being there, you know, if it was a home field, you know, home game when we're playing that, when we potentially win the shield, you know, that would have been far. That would have been the only experience that topped the one that we were, you know, sitting in. It was just great vibes all around uh, and a great game all around. I mean, there was just, you could tell they wanted it and you could tell even, you know, we talked about this before when we had the early 22 second goal earlier in the season. Um, you know, we talked about it on Houndsy after what, how do you act as a player? How do you take that as a fan? How does that shift the game? And while I do believe in that game, which I believe was against Charleston at home, it definitely to me, and I feel like we talked about it, shifted, shifted it into we were a little bit more complacent in that game. Whereas this one, it still felt like they pushed and, you know, had good chances in the 20 percent, you know, possession that we had. But um, and then our back line just holding back that 70 percent possession from from Tampa. It didn't look like we sat on our haunches. It didn't you know, we were actively pushing. So it definitely felt like that in that sense, an early goal was treated differently than it was earlier in the season. So. Well, I think it would have. Well, for okay, let's start with this. Either of you two also just absolutely convinced he had to be offside. If that guy is getting that open on the back post, a yard from the goal line, he had to be offside. Like I, I refused yeah. to celebrate when that first it went was, in because I assumed he had to be off. It did. It did cross my mind. It was a long cross, but it did cross my mind. And, uh, but yeah, 
Yeah, like I waited like a good book. three seconds to make sure I wasn't gonna start celebrating. You know, I was waiting for them to you know to start celebrating, and then look angrily over to the to the touchline, and then the the camera cut over yeah. to to the flag being raised. But that didn't happen. So then it was party time for sure. And then in terms of how those two games are different when they score in the first minute, I think it's, it's just it's the that is part of it was a. A home game in the middle of the season, um, and they probably did get a little complacent. Even it worked out fine, as opposed to this game where going into it, Tampa knew they had to win. They could they couldn't play for a home draw. They had to win, so they they had no choice as in terms of oh we can let's say it was it was a like the battery game where okay. We're down a goal. Let's get one back and play for a point on the road. That's always, you know, respectable. No, they they had to win. They had to win before the game started. They have. They definitely have to win at at all points. Now it just goes from we needing uh, one goal to now we need two. And in theory, they needed three because they if they wanted to break the tiebreaker uh, between mm-hmm. the Hounds. Because um, if they won by one goal. Uh, the tiebreaker would still fall towards Pittsburgh. So they had to win by two. So they went from needing two goals to then needing three. Um, and I think that's a big part of it is Tampa at no point had had a an opportunity where their objectives could really change in terms of we could play for a point. No, no, no. You, you just went from I, we probably need two goals to we definitely need three. Um, so I think that is a big part of it, this the dynamics of a late game season when it's more clear what every team needs. Mm. I don't know. Devin, what uh, did you interpret uh, the same way differently? What, how do you think the game cha- I mean, it's hard to tell the game changed when the, the thing happened in 29 seconds, but how did the dynamic change with such an early goal? Yeah. I don't think the hounds really changed the way they played all that much. Um, and as far as for Tampa, like I feel like, they didn't make enough adjustments. Like they, they weren't threatening. And I know they have a new coach. Um, he's probably still getting, getting used to the, the dynamics there, but yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like they needed to change their approach, maybe change up the formation, just throw some different stuff at the hounds, but it, it didn't really feel like there was anything too threatening. They couldn't break them down. Second goal comes, uh, from, Ordonez, yes, Ordonez. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I was going to say Farrell for a second. Is Ordonez uh, a defender tapping in a ball from from two yards? The combined distance of these two goals was what, maybe three and a half feet. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as someone brought up very dis- distinctly on uh, on Mongols, Parvit was. I think he 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 fell or slipped, and so he had, he didn't he didn't get back in time. And then also when there was a turnover, it actually left him in a great position to help uh, be the end man on on the the counter counter attack. Um, so maybe in like a fortuitous slip or stumble or whatever, why he wasn't getting back when the first counter happened for Tampa, but he was it helped uh, put him in a great position for the the counter counter classic counter counter attack. <laughs> Oh God! Uh, either of you two were when it went to two nil. Were you either of you two concerned that the the collapse was going to happen, or you thought that was it? Well, I, 
I thought that was it. I felt yeah. pretty pretty situated at that point. I mean, you, you never want to throw it out, especially when you don't know what the extra time is going to look at. But at that point, people started, you know, talking about what the actual goal differential had come to then for them to overcome. It was like they had to score four uh, goals. They would basically need four at that yeah. point. So in thirty minutes. <laughs> Yeah, and I was like, yeah, you know, while we've seen Hartford do something, you know, to us in a short period of time, I just didn't feel like, you know, Tampa would. I don't think they were getting the chances. So I did feel much more comfortable after that second goal. Hounds, uh, which is something they had not been doing a lot in the previous weeks, close it out without – uh, a silly foul or a silly penalty or some some cheap goal that they've given away, which is a, a concerning thing that was happening late in the season. Uh, that doesn't happen. They get a clean sheet, and uh, mm-hmm. it, it's party time. Um, but at that point, no one's really sure if they're getting the shield that night. Like it's down in Tampa. Someone from the office should just be like running over to drop it off, you know. Are they gonna wait just to do it at you know at the the uh, the last game of the season up in Detroit, uh, and then what? 15, 20 minutes later, we start videos and pictures start rolling in of uh, yeah. celebrations in the locker room. I want to give a shout out to uh, J.C. Oberjohn who uh, went live to give the fans the first taste of what the shield looked like, and I want to say it was minutes after the game was called. I mean, like, 15 at most after the final whistle. You know, everyone's still sipping on there. We had champagne in the bar. Everyone's still sipping. And then all of a sudden, you know, I get a notification because I have the, you know, Steel Army notifications on, and, and he had gone viral. And I was like, why is he live? What is going on? And sure enough, it's just a shot of him. I think the video, it's still up on his Instagram from last I checked, and it's like the total length of the video itself is like 45 seconds. But you get your first glimpse of the shield. And then from then on, people were posting pictures on their on their Instagrams. And uh, I distinctly remember Langston posted a picture of the shield covered in both fingerprints and distinct lip prints, uh, which I think is such a, such a glorious vibe. So, uh, yeah, it was just that was... So then, it, then that secured it. Then we knew it was there, uh, or they drove back to the offices because they're they're down there. So they were like, "Hey, intern, go drive back to the office and uh, grab the shield, please." The, the, the garage, the garage league's garage is is in Tampa. For those unaware, yeah. so yeah, they swing by the garage and go pick it up. Yeah, they're like, "Go grab the go grab the shield," and I don't think any of us knew what the shield itself looked like. I think there were like two pictures online of what it actually physically looked like. So I, I knew what it looked like because I'd, I'd seen it before. I My concern was was only that this is the first year they gave it a new name or they gave it like a proper name mm-hmm. and they were kind of hyping it more than they had previously. So I was mm-hmm. un... I was... I would not have been surprised if they gave it a redesign because they were like hyping it now. So I, that was my concern. Well, not concern, but my thought was maybe it's going to look different than what it did before because they're 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 kind of pushing it now. Um, but no, it, the the design did not really change at all, except putting 
the player shield on the on the top of it, but design did not change. Yeah, my thing my thing with the player shield, if they're gonna hype it this year, and it's great that they actually had it down in Tampa, why not just do a quick little trophy presentation and, and you know, make a real thing out of it, actually put it on the broadcast for a minute. I was yeah, like a the surprised. announcers <laughs> the announcers kinda like barely even mentioned that it was it was happening and didn't seem to make much of a, a deal about it. I mean, they are the away announcers and I think they were, they're actually Tampa's, but, um, but yeah, I mean, that, that'd be nice if they could, you know, actually make a little ceremony out of it. If it's, if they are going to consider it a big deal this year. Well, I, I could see for the, the actual TV broadcast. I mean, you're, you're, you're stuck into a two hour window. You're, you're getting out. Um, right. but for the, for the ESPN plus feed, they, there's no reason they could have kept that going. Right, right. For an extra, even like an extra five minutes, just get it out there real quick. Yeah. Or or stream it. Um, have it. Uh, hey, uh, go to YouTube. You YouTube slash down a USL Championship wherever they are, and it'll be broadcast streamed live on the their YouTube platform or something like that. Yeah, I thought it was a little weird. Mm-hmm. They gave it to him in the locker room. But I don't know. Felt kind of grow up league. It, <laughs> It was fireworks night. They, the the kids had fireworks to watch. <laughs> so, there are pictures, like like Luke and uh, Marky, I believe, both posted pictures of them out on the field with this shield. I don't know if that was a return to the field with the shield. That that's my that's my assumption. Sentence there, is, but, is they they um, got it in the locker room and then took it outside to take photos. Went back out to taunt the kids watching fireworks with yeah. the trophy. Yeah. <laughs> Here, Tampa, look at what you'll never get. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, made for a, oh. an extended evening at the bar. Yeah. But um, And the next morning. The pictures kept coming. Those are probably my favorite pictures. The, 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 uh, the, the brunch photos? The breakfast. Yeah. And the um, I feel like JC also went live again, walking through the airport with it. Which makes me wonder, uh, how do you explain that going through security? Like, does someone hold that? Is that someone's carry-on now? Is it in someone's bag? <laughs> I would hope they'd have, like, like, hey, here's the box it came in, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it just has, like, the, it's just a cardboard box. It has, like, the little foam inserts, so it, it fits, you know, snugly inside the box. Snugly, yeah. Yeah. Like, who, who got to have it in their suitcase? And then who promptly pulled it out of their suitcase to let them walk around the airport with it? I'm intrigued. I, I would like to think Wanna that story. Someone, someone had to sacrifice their one carry-on and make that... <laughs> or like For the box itself. Uh, yeah, a couple players had to condense their carry-ons into one bag, so that, you know, that worked. This is my this is my personal item. It's my laptop, but not my laptop. Yeah, or yeah, <laughs> did, some, did someone not check two bags? Were you checking that bag and making this your carry-on? Yeah, yeah. That was cool. Yeah. And then back to Pittsburgh. Where uh meet him at the airport. I, I was not there, but a squad of folks met them at the airport, which was sick, so Yeah. Uh wow. good stuff. I, I I mean I can't speak too much because I, I had other things going on that day, so I couldn't couldn't make it work, but it seems like it went well. The uh mm. the shield got smudged up quickly again with everyone. Putting mm-hmm. their dirty paws on it. 
but uh no all good times when you can when you can meme at the uh at the airport uh yeah the one thing we haven't seen there's no pictures or videos of bob with the shield this is true so i asked you guys this question do you think he's actually held the thing i say no i don't think he cares no. about the shield i don't think he has either no. that cup yeah i i would be shocked if he's actually touched the thing no, he he probably looked at it over someone's shoulder and just kind of like moved on. Was mm-hmm. like, yeah, this is not the end. I, I'll look at it when it comes down to it. I feel like he care he 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 took more time looking at our gift to him than he did the 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 player shield. We I'm gonna figure out where he's gonna put that soap dish Confidently, out. yeah, I'm gonna calmly throw it out that he. Uh, he cared more about our gift in the moment than holding the shield. Word. I don't. Would he have won something like that before? Has he won? Yeah, he he won the whole thing with Rochester. But th- th- they didn't have the a player shield, shield equivalent. Point. I oh, think they they I, were the number one seed that year, right? They did. Uh, I can't remember. I don't remember if they actually had that that year. That was what, 2016? 15, 15? I think. Because the earliest I've seen that was, I think, 2018. So I may, it did, may have not existed. Because um, it, it definitely gives, like, Bob's like, yeah, I've been there, done that, seen it, let's move on. I mean, hopefully we get to find out in a couple weeks if he's if he'll be photographed with other hardware. But <laughs> we'll save that one for a later time. Yeah. Uh, that set up a mostly meaningless, uh, game up in Detroit this past weekend. Um, Mm. lots of talk about how much rotation would or would not take place. Uh, Ariana, we had a a conversation with someone from the front office. Uh, that person, that person made a sound like there'd be more rotation than there was, I would say. Was that your, your, your takeaway from that conversation? Yeah, but not solely on his on their own. I too felt like there would be a lot more rotation than we saw. So, yeah, but I, mean, I don't know. Uh, there was there was guys I thought would get minutes that didn't make the eighteen this past weekend. Um, I concur. Yeah, I was a little, a little surprised also by that. But people who pulled a full ninety that I would not have expected. If you'd have told me. You know, Arturo or Dequa were going to pull a full ninety in a Detroit game. I would I would have laughed you out of the bar. Uh, Devin, what was your expectation? I mean, you, you know, Bob likes momentum. Bob likes keeping. You know, he seems to be worried about the game, worried about the game, and the other stuff is the other stuff. But on the other hand, you know, the 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 target is clearly moved to the next week. Um, so were you expecting a ton of rotation, a little bit of rotation, unchanged I 11 outside of, of weight who was uh, with Jamaica? So we knew that was going to be one. Yeah. But what was your expectation? I expected actually less rotation with Bob than we even had uh, just because I feel like he just wants to keep everybody fit and then you know maybe limit minutes uh, closer to the end of the game. But um, I'm not overly surprised with the lineup that ended up out there though um because yeah, i don't know if you're there's not really a point in bringing into the guys that aren't 
really in the 18 right now if you know they're probably not going to play in the playoffs. Um, you just want to keep the guys. I mean, you want to avoid injuries. You want to avoid cards. But um, I think Bob's all about keeping the fitness levels up. And so, yeah, uh, four changes. Weight. Let me see if I can do it from memory. Weight. JC. Mm-hmm. Mertz. Mertz. Mm-hmm. And Rovi were the four changes. Uh, yes, but the, a lot of the guys that um, would be the normal starters they they were on the bench. They were not, uh, you know, un, unnamed. Blackstock on the bench, I think, was the notable one for me. But yeah, uh, I'm was absolutely surprised. You didn't see guys like like Burke failing. Um, DZ, Svelsuit, um, the Shields. I mean, these were guys that I, I. These were guys that started and got minutes, you know, in that big Columbus game and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I was, I mean, do do what you got to do, Bob. I was just, I was really, really surprised. I think those games, those guys you just mentioned, they haven't really been in the eighteen at all the last. It's like mm-hmm. a month, right? I mean, it's been really a month. So I feel like Bob has just kind of settled now on on the 18 he has. And he's like, these are the guys, unless there's an injury, these are the guys we're going with. And he's just kind of going for the rest of the year. Is my That's my assumption with it. I mean, I, I, the, the assumption turns out to be correct. I just, in my mind, I was ready for, for wholesale changes this week and just taking no risk whatsoever. Just... Uh, just long season if anyone with any sort of like knock is just not playing um the turf in detroit is is not the best hard yes you know some of those some of those tackles some of those hit oh my god that made me hurt um but yeah so hounds at detroit on a, a Cool, if not cold, rainy afternoon. Mm. Pittsburgh with nothing to play for. Detroit uh, playing for their their playoff lives. Uh, a draw would make them dependent to see on uh, what uh, Miami would do, and uh, a win was going to make it a lot more better for them. A lot better for them. And what do we get in this this very important game for Detroit in this very uh, unimportant game for Pittsburgh? The combined XG in this game is 1.05 goals. <laughs> um, I'll be uh, pretty honest. I was at uh, I was watching this game on my phone at the start of my brother's wedding reception. Uh, my apologies to the to the family for uh, being <laughs> that guy, but is what is. My takeaways watching um, watching on a phone, in, you know, with the sound turned off. Uh, ch- choppy affair, uh, a little industrial type play, I, I would say. Um, not, not a not a clean game in any way. It looked like the midfield was was just very sprack in both directions. Um, Limited chances from both sides. Uh, a lot of shots going nowhere near the near the frame. But um, again, that's me watching on a phone uh, at a Wayne reception. Devin, I'm sure you have better analysis than that. 
Yeah, no, I, I was surprised um, you mentioned the XG was that low. Um, more so, especially for the Hound side. And, and maybe it was a matter of their keeper was making saves look more difficult than they were. Uh, but it felt like the, the Hound should have had a goal or two in this game and their keeper was just holding them in. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would agree. It, it, it did feel kind of uh, choppy and like the, the passes weren't very crisp on either side. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, to me, it felt like that's the only reason this wasn't a Hounds win was, was Detroit's goalie. I, I threw out this, this hot take, I think the Ariana, I think I said to you earlier today, I'll throw it out there to you now, Devin, what's the difference between Detroit and Hartford? Hartford scores more goals. <laughs> That's true. But I was going to say, to me, the difference is, is Nate Steinwasher. Yep. If not for that guy, um, Detroit's not in the playoffs. Detroit is they're fighting for a wooden spoon. Uh, Absolutely. Yep. That's the difference. Uh, Ariana, your your takeaways from this game? Um, I It, it was a, just a ugly one like not even in the in like playing i mean clearly we both wanted certain things from the game you know both sides of the pitch and it just you know it just felt like just ugly it felt like you know we didn't really have we didn't have any you know comfort in the field i don't know if they went into it with the mindset of skipping you know their minds went over this game but um, and even on Detroit side, they didn't feel very cohesive either. Um, they only went to the bench once, I believe, um, which kind of blows my mind that 10 of the 11 players on, on their side went the full 90. Um, makes me feel like they're not comfortable with anyone else, uh, anyone else on that team. Um, so I just felt like a very weird end of the you know, season game and then to follow it up next week with the same opponent <laughs> just feels like it should be shuffled differently but it's it was I mean, also just go on it was rainy it was rainy there it was windy it was cold so the weather was ugly too i mean you had the sound off but the the amount of times you could have made a drinking game out of the amount of times the referees commented on the wind taking the ball. And I mean, you saw it, I think, in some of the missed passes, the absolutely atrocious missed passes in the beginning of the game, um, just being unable to control the ball in the wind that, you know, they had. And, you know, even on corners, them making comments about the ball kept rolling. That's why I thought I saw that happen one time where the ball, they couldn't even set the ball on a corner kick. I thought I saw that. Yeah. 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 Well, the Detroit had set the ball and it kept rolling. And then right as they were about to take the corner, it rolled again, which the, you know, Detroit announcers that they were, you know, basically said that it was a bad corner solely because of the wind blowing the ball and no other reason, which feels like a cop out. But it, it just, it was like very overall, just it felt like a very icky game all around and then it's four o'clock so it's like it's like a weird moment weird time of the day and then you just have to wait until 
10 p.m. for I mean it was basically midnight until we discovered who who we were playing against. So it was weird game, weird week of soccer. It was a weird week. It's uh, I guess what's what happens on on match week 34 of 34. Yeah. Um, you bring up that the good point. So the Detroit they get their draw, which makes them now even with Miami on points. And they have the head-to-head tiebreaker on them. So now Miami needs a result out in Sacramento. Sacramento first place in the West and also has nothing to play for. Uh, Devin, if you had your choice, who do you have the Hounds face this Saturday? Miami or Detroit? Uh, it's a tough call. I, I say Detroit just because I... I don't feel threatened at all by their attack. Like I, I just don't feel like they're going to put the ball in the net at any point <laughs> on Saturday. Then um, you got to imagine the Hounds are going to be able to find a way to get at least one uh, past Time Watcher. Miami, I don't know. They're not great. I, I just still keep having flashbacks of previous seasons where they continually beat us over the top. Yep. I don't think they did that at all this year. Nope. But I that's I just get flashbacks to that and I just feel like But they still have speed. Get a dumb goal. Yes, they which, have speed. Which is the one thing that that kinda concerns me. Right. So for that reason I think I picked Detroit just because it, it just feels like the more sure thing. Ariana in agreement? No. Oh. But less so uh for logical reasons <laughs> that was a very logical answer uh like play wise and i 100 percent agree with it i just would rather face miami because we saw two uh results you know result against them at, at their stadium which just you know that's not something that oftentimes you know when the hounds go travel there's either not a result or you know drop a game not that that happened very often dropping a game this year but um i also just don't want to see i didn't want to see detroit make it i did say i did call this uh i am gonna say i i uh hearken back to early in the uh season we were talking about the schedule and I said that I wanted the, you know, Riverhounds to be firmly sat in the playoffs, uh, wherever we were on the table, firmly sat, have nothing to play for, and Detroit is playing for their spot in the playoffs. That, that is what happened. Uh, that's what we got. Uh, I just was hoping that we would knock them out of the playoffs. Um, I just don't want, you know, don't want to have to deal with them at home for certain reasons uh, and their fans and, and all that. I just, you know, Hell, they, may not I get, they may not be able to get in the, in the stadium. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, I'm here for that. Uh, I'm, they uh, were really discriminatory against us uh, in their pricing. So uh, maybe they get a taste of their own medicine. Yeah. Let's so. get to that. Uh, sure. went, went up to Detroit last year. Um, mm-hmm. Tickets were, were $9. A very, very reasonable out, uh, amazingly reasonable nine dollars with with the fees and whatever. It was like eleven and change. This year, 
uh, our group tickets were $30. And I think yeah. when you got to when you got the fees, it, it may have got it closer to like 30, 33 or 34 or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, that's a 333% increase in ticket prices yeah. for the, for the, you know, the for forever uh, disrespected and much maligned for the fans, you know, for the people, uh, Detroit city, jacking mm-hmm. up prices, 333%. That is not very punk of them. Facts. And you can, I can hear the whispers now. I can hear the chatter back now. Oh, well, you guys were, you know, one section over in the stadium. That accounts for maybe a $5 increase in tickets, not a $21 increase in ticket price. So, you know, I hear that chirp. I hear the chirp of, oh, that was last year versus this year. That only in itself accounts for maybe $2, not $21. And on top of that, it's the last game of the season. And if you all watched the game and looked at the crowd like we did, it was quite an empty stadium. You can blame that on the weather, but um, if you look at the last Hounds Rain game, the stadium was still packed. We still had a decent... We, I mean, we still, I think, reached capacity numbers for that game during the rain while it was actively raining. So I, I don't want to hear that pop out of an answer. But $30, all because this is the excuse they gave us. Uh, we don't give discount group discounts to opposing teams... Uh, supporter sections. That was that was their cop out excuse. Which is um, funny because if I'm not mistaken, didn't didn't the Hounds extend that generous offer to uh, Detroit fans? Yeah, yeah, we did. When Detroit came to Pittsburgh, they not only got a group tickets, they got pretty nice tickets in my opinion, uh, and they you know got a, a rate that I believe was comparable to our rate as the Steel Army you know section. So. That's just appalling that any team would treat fellow supporter sections like that. Um, It's just, it's clearly a money grab. Uh, They knew that Pittsburgh travels well to Detroit, and they had an inkling that Pittsburgh might want to travel well to Detroit. Uh, So they tried to get their money worth out of us, which ultimately failed because I do believe significantly less. I mean, I chose not to go. Partially because of the weather, partially because more partially because of uh, the ticket price. I just couldn't swing, you know, thirty dollars for a ticket. That's atrocious. Uh, yeah. So I, I just that was that was an abysmal choice, and especially uh, when we are playing them this weekend. Um, karma comes up fast and quick. Um, F around and find out is the saying. I do believe the kids are are saying these days. So oh, you are uh, we'll the kids. What... Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, uh, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see what uh, what comes what, what goes around comes around. So, yeah, we'll uh, have to find out. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, we were talking before uh, about how many tickets that we see are left in the stadium. Um, whether that means they already held back tickets or not depends on the front office itself. But 
there's only what you said. I don't know. When I checked a couple hours ago, and we're we're recording this Sunday night. I'm not sure when when it's gonna get released, but when I checked late Sunday afternoon, there was on Ticketmaster was 17 tickets in the grandstand. So man, yeah. I mean, it's gonna be a packed house, and uh, Detroit might have just messed around enough that they're not gonna be there for it. So, just appalling for for them, honestly. Oh, but and, they do and, they do yeah. things the right way. Yeah, sure. If you don't do it the and way they, they do, even, you do it wrong. We had, you know, our front office was reaching out and one reached out for months and never heard back ever, and it took. Someone from the supporters, from the board of our supporters, or yeah, from the board of the Steel Army to reach out to finally get a response with a with a ticket link for these atrociously priced tickets, and then when our front office turns around and takes that price and says excuse me to their front office, they give these BS excuses, and then when our front office said, well, we offered you, you know, your supporters groups discounts, the and this was like days, I, I want to say like three or four days before the game itself. And finally we got, oh, well, I guess if you did it for us, we could do it for you, but only if you can get 15 people. And at that point, most of our you know supporters have already bought their tickets. So they're not going to, what, sell those back or refund them just to buy no it just was a waste of time at that point that's exactly i think what detroit wanted so um but we so i think had a decent chunk of people i could hear you know fans on the broadcast i could hear our fans screaming a little louder so i'm i'm excited to see where this game of escalation might go yeah because now like kind of getting the front offices involved in in this little tit for tat that's been going back Mm -hmm. and forth so I'm excited. And it probably won't end there. I mean, you have to think that people talk, you know, supporters groups talk to each other. Front offices talk to each other. Um, I can confidently say that the week prior to our game last, you know, the last weekend when Detroit played Indianapolis at home, their supporter section tickets were $25. Uh, So they upcharged, from Indy's tickets to our tickets, $5, which, again, appalling. So we'll see. We'll see. They're going to find out pretty quickly how uh, how this works in, in soccer, I believe. So. All right. Time to move on. Um, yeah. Bob Lilly, Coach of the Month for, uh, for September, for, uh, as we discussed, mm-hmm. a, a perfect record and putting them on the – on the precipice of the player shield. Uh, uh, that's two player of the month awards for, for uh, Robert Lilly. Um, not that that man cares, not that we care that much, uh, but he's got to be in the running for uh manager of the, of the year, right? I yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone he, else he got to back him. in uh, what? Yeah, that's right. He's, he, well, he technically already has to if you count the A League as <laughs> USL Championship, but I guess that's kind of separate. I do. I think it's, it's still lin- linearly the same thing. Yeah. But yeah, I don't. Uh, I'm looking at. Oh yes, uh, Adrian Heath has two. 
but that was a long time ago. So, and he's now out of a job with Minnesota. Yep. Uh, so we'll see about that. Congrats, Bob. Not that you give a shit about it. Uh, going into Saturday night, uh, Chico was three goals up on Danny Trejo and Cal James for uh, the Golden Boot. Uh, clearly, with a nil-nil score in Detroit, he doesn't add to his tally. Uh, and then in the second half of uh, Tampa's game at Louisville, Cal James quickly pops in two to put his tally at 19. And again, I'm at this wedding reception. Now my dumbass is watching the end of Louisville. <laughs> Louisville, <laughs> Tampa Bay, just hoping this guy doesn't get a third. Um, but no, it doesn't happen. And Chico, your USL Championship 2023 Golden Boot winner, presented presented by Puma. Uh, not bad for a guy that a couple years ago we're all casting a gun. Bob Bob kept his option. What? Um, Devin, your thoughts on the year of Chico? Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a, a great call. A couple of years ago, I remember the uh, Ropapa Mensa Dequa debate. We <laughs> was thinking that uh, Mensa was was clearly the better clearly player, the, the person you should have um, kept. Right, uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, what a great year! Twenty goals. I I definitely not would not have predicted twenty goals from any player on this roster. Um, but yeah, he's just consistent. He scores in a, in a bunch of different ways, and we'll see how many more we can get in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, um, hopefully a couple, because uh, you know, I mean, we get scoring from other other spots. Uh, do you know who the the team's second lean score is of all time? No, no, the season. Oh, it can't be more than like four or five goals. Uh. It, it it is five Burke goals. Failing? Okay, it is, no, it's not Burke failing, man. It is five goals. Uh is it uh Ordonez? It is Ordonez. Yes, with the headers. Second lean score is a center back. Headers headers and uh tap ins from like foot out. Yep. Yeah. Um remember three of those goals came right as, as Dequa went out with his injury. Uh, yep. stepped up at a big time and uh, got his five. Got or got three of his five right there when we were asking who was gonna who was gonna score. Well, up stepped the Spaniard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ariana, Chico, uh, twenty goals again. As Devin just said, I don't think anyone would have expected a, a twenty goal score coming off of this team, especially when people if, apparently uh, decided to sign elsewhere this year because of. Apparently the the offensive game plan doesn't didn't work enough to to get people mm. get people the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, that's what I heard last year. Is that what you heard? Yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, twenty goal score. Yeah, seeing the praises of Chico. He's pretty fantastic. Chico is a glorious human being. I he is one of the sweetest people I've ever met. He is the most photogenic man around. I especially, I mean, even on that team alone, like he just, you cannot find a bad picture of that man. He just is living his best life. uh, And, and casually 
puts away 20 goals and was out for, you know, quite a few games. He only played 28 games, you know, this season. So just insane. I mean, he's just, he's magic. Um, and I just, he's, he's just a great human being. And, and you had hinted at it before. Uh, and I hope we go into it now, but he is also the Steel Army Player of the Year and so well-deserved. So now he's got two things up on his mantle. The Steel Army Award definitely being the higher, the more important award. That's the one that's on the center of the mantle. The, one, the boot will be to the side. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's just a great, a great man. I think that... You know, we heard those chirps in the off season. You know why some folks may have left, uh, what the vibes were, and it got me a little scared of what you know was coming forward, especially when we only had the beginning of the season two signed forwards. You know, or, or at least in the off season, you know, heading into preseason, we only had two signed, and I was scared. I mean. Dequa, I was okay confidently with, and Kiza came through when he needed to. Birmingham Dream Killer. Year. Yeah, namely the infamous Birmingham Dream Killer. Um, but I did not expect it, especially with the chirps. And then you turn around and have a season like this. I mean, that man wanted to shut everyone up with with just. You doubt him, you doubt Bob Lilly, you doubt, you know, the Pittsburgh Riverhounds, and this is what you get. The golden boot. Doubt Robert Lilly at your own fucking peril. Facts. Uh, let's break down some, some fun stats about Chico, his 20 goals, and his season. 115 minutes per goal. Uh, Devin, how many of those goals do you think came from outside the box? Oh, I wouldn't say a ton. Uh, I'm going to say like 15%. So what would that be? I don't know. Four? <laughs> oh, you're four too heavy. They're all with the, they're all inside the box. Oh, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm a, uh, yeah. Yeah. I was thought that you asked. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. Nothing came from outside the box. Uh, wow. It's, uh, four, four off the head, one from the left foot, 14 off of the right foot, uh, one from his... Uh, torso, shall we say? <laughs> and uh, <Mr>. <laughs> yeah, the the one uh, the the one other uh, only two from the from the penalty mark. But again, uh, Wait, is that the only two penalties we had this year? <sighs> no, no. JC Oberon took one. Yes, he did. All uh, right. Then then he draw the foul and then took and then took the penalty. Yeah, yep. and then he I believe he asked uh, Robbie Mertz for that. That's Robbie great. wanted to take it. But oh, that was JC the, that was no, the home game fine. against Hartford. Yep. Yeah. Yep. My yep. man. Yeah. Uh, good on Chico, man. Good on Chico. Glorious human being. Um, that uh, he had eleven last year. Only two in twenty one. Three in that very shortened twenty twenty season. Um, yeah, man. It's this, it was the summer of Chico. Mm. The other part of that, uh, you've already alluded to, but we'll, we'll discuss it 
a little bit more in depth. He is your Steel Army 2023 uh, Player of the Year. Had, uh, I don't know if we discussed it, I don't think we put it anywhere. He had about 60% of the vote, if I remember correctly. There were nine mm -hmm. players who, who got at least one vote, which I think speaks to the depth of this team. And none of them were kind of like, like an obviously, you know, like a joke vote or something like that, you know. Um, nine people at least got one vote, and you can make a legit claim for all of them. That's how deep this, this mm -hmm. team ends up being this year. Again, something no, that no one saw coming when this season started or during the offseason. This team would be, you know, de depth central. Um, but at the end... The Golden Boot winner, uh, leading scorer. Sometimes it's, it's a little easy to vote for the, the leading goal scorer, but I think this year he made a legit case for, for him doing what he does. And Player of the Year winner, uh, Devin. W worthy winner? Was it, was it, did he get your vote? Or um, if you care to share, and, and thoughts on, on Chico, <laughs> Player of the Year winner? I think he is absolutely a worthy winner. I mean, 20 goals that's hard to do i i will share my vote i actually did vote for odonia so i was one of those few who did not but i think he's definitely a worthy winner I'm not at all surprised um that he got it and i don't think the hounds are anywhere near where they are without him so definitely well deserved ariana anything else you want you want to share about your vote or, or thoughts on the, on the voting in general um, I, I did put my, my vote for, for Chico for player of the year. Um, Ordonez did get my vote for defender of the year. Um, he was definitely, I mean, at, at times he was not even a defender. I mean, being our second best goal scorer is, you know, just shows how rounded he is. We, you know, we had a chant, you know, where we talk about, Chico in an attack and Ordonez in the back, and it turned a point to Ordonez in attack and Ordonez in the back. Um, he kind of has a uh, he's a well-rounded player, so um, I I do think that bar I mean you can't think of this season without twenty goal Chico, but any other season you know Ordonez could be a, a worthy player of the year candidate in the future uh should he stay um so yeah he, he's a he's a i think a well-rounded worthy candidate so uh anyone on that team is as well so not just him i mean the discussions beforehand even like yo said the amount of people the amount of other players who got votes each one of them in their own right has you know so to give you the, worthy, the top three We'll, we'll go peek behind the curtain mm. for a second. Second place was Danny Griffin, the 2022 mm. winner. Uh, he got um, he got about 10 percent of the vote. Uh, I Mike, your case for Danny Griffin to me would have been just how this team was playing before he came back and how they played after, and mm. it's just how this team played through the midfield changed completely in overnight when he came back. I mean, it was a, almost like a nice nat natural experiment of, of what that man's value is to the team because you saw it you know, before he was back and after. And then there was a tie for third between the aforementioned uh, Ordonez and they want to guess who he was tied with. 
Probably Kenny, it's my guess. Nope. Hola. At two? Biasi. Danny Rivera. Wow. Oh, good <laughs> job, Roby. I think that just made the point right there. We just went through a list of people. <laughs> and every, and everyone you just named at least had, I think, had at least one vote, I believe. Yeah. So that's how the top three voting for that sh- shook out. Um, but uh, without getting into the specific numbers, I th- we got responses back from about a third of the registered army members, which is a fantastic response rate from what we've had in years past. So thank you everyone who voted. Uh, it was mm-hmm. much appreciated. Um, and we'll help. <clears throat> we do the voting for individual pos- uh, players as well. Um, Goalkeeper should be not a surprise because there's only one person who played enough games to qualify. That's Jamali Waite. Uh, your defender of the year uh, shouldn't be that huge of a surprise. It was Ordonez. He had uh, about half the vote. Uh, but everyone else got, I think, at least one. Um, yeah. Your midfielder of the year went to Danny Griffin. He had actually, actually had less. He had not a majority of the vote. He had a plurality of the vote, but... Uh, just under 50%. Uh, Kanar Forbes had the next biggest chunk. And then, as you would probably imagine, since he won Player of the Year, Forward of the Year also goes to Chico. Oh. What else do we have on our list here of things to discuss? Well, you mentioned Kenny. Yes. Uh, Kenny also received a nod this at the end of the season. Um, he is the, the assist leader, tied. Though he does not win the uh, the uh, the award for for what reason? But the reason so Kenny, he had ten assists. Yeah. Um, which was as you mentioned the co lead on that. Uh, the USL uses minutes played as the tiebreaker, so basically assists per minute. And uh, the man that we all dubbed Clipboard Kenny, the guy we thought would be kind of easing off of his his workload as the season progressed, does not get the award because he played more minutes than the other guy. And who would have thought that we'd be talking about Kennardo Forbes not getting awards because he played too many minutes? <laughs> yeah. What a Can, development. How many games did Kenny play this year, do you think? I mean, I'm shocked he got, he got a few minutes yesterday, too. Of the mm-hmm. 34 games... We're talking league games only, right? Correct. Yep. He... 31? How many? Devin, do you know? That sounds about right. Um, I'm guessing he didn't play all the minutes in every one of those games, though. Probably most of them he was subbed off. Absolutely. So he played 33 of the 34 games. Oh, God. Wow. Which one did he miss? average... He missed game 25, which would be the Hartford game. He was a, an unused sub. Oh. The Hartford at home game. Um, and of those 33, he played an average of 73 minutes apiece. At, on average. But you're right. I mean, most of them he was a starter. There's a handful here where he played, you know, Detroit, he played 20 minutes, um, 15 so yeah, he he definitely, and he didn't start in the open the three open cup games. He was a sub in each of those. So, of the five that we had, he played 
okay, of the four that we had, he played three of them. So the only one be not being played was the you know the first one at um, against the Bobcats. So he he just he yeah everyone. I mean I'm color me shocked as well because I definitely dumped in clipboard Kenny. I definitely thought he was going to be not going to play thirty three of the of the 34 games and i do believe and i will quickly check um before i say this i wonder if you're looking up the same thing i'm looking up right now he is the second most he he has the second most games played no he's behind he has third but he's very close to second are you talking about you talking about this you talking about this year oh you meant the season i was looking all time this season no no this season i know he's quickly approaching most of all time um but this season, Markey played 34 of 34, and Kenny played 33 of 34, and then Arturo played 32 of 34. Those are our top three players. The, the people who, you know, you could always kind of count on, um, which I just, that's wild to me. That's more than Jamali, who only had 26. Barring he did have a you know international stint there, but I just that blows my mind. Uh, 33 for 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 our King Kenny. His all-time appearance mark for the Hounds now sits at 191 games, uh, which is funny because Bob just had his 200th game in charge, I think, and a 200th win. Mm-hmm. Um. No, 200th game. That's right. He just played 200 games, and Canaris just appeared in 191 of them. Uh, if the Hounds make it to the ch- the USL Championship Championship game, and Kenny plays in each of those games, he will he will fall into second place by himself in that championship game. And then if he were to be back next year, he would become the all-time appearance record holder in Assuming no injuries, he would get it within within the first two months of next season. Because I think I mean Kerr was only a couple behind um, if, the first place holder. If this season That's is bad. any indication, he's got it in him. I believe he lost the award because he played too many minutes. That's just mind blowing to me. <laughs> Our King Kenny played too many minutes. Wow. Playoffs are coming up this week. Um, yeah. I don't know if you heard. And if you have it, the Hounds just put out a, a sweet little hype video of the guys kicking the ball around various parts of the city. Ariana, I know you're a big fan. Um, uh, what What in that video speaks to you? It. It's honestly... It's the players, and I know that they're reading from a script. This probably isn't, you know, a, a, a genuine. But having them, hearing them say, "We bleed black and gold," or you know, "We're bringing home hardware for the Steel City," or you know, "We're j- just whoever wrote that script." First off, hats off a thousand times to you. And then second off, not having just a random announcer say it. 
but having the, the players and the way that it was mixed together so you heard you know a ton of different voices just it makes me want to run through a brick wall in the best way possible and i i'm just so hype and it makes me like like it's building because now i have to wait until saturday for the game and I, I am so bad at waiting. I have a countdown started on my phone, and I'm just like, I'm here. I'm so pumped for it. And that video just, it went hard for no reason. Like, that, it, yeah. It, that was, hats off to the, you know, front office team who made that happen and who did that editing. And I don't know if anyone heard it, but towards the end, right when the music cuts, they do have us chanting um, right at the end. If you turn your volume up towards the end, you can kind of hear it. And I think that was the part that gave me goosebumps the most because, you know, I'm, I'm hyped. And then you just hear us and, and, you know, you hear them talk about how they're bringing it home for us and Fort Highmark. And, you know, it just I, don't know. I could talk about that video for days and they were out in the, the city and you know doing soccer skills and it was just great and it, and it coincides really well with their they did an ad um earlier they released an ad where they had a lot of the players and you know the point and south side and different parts of the city and it was, it was just great that was a solid the solid one so i'm so hyped yeah make that my ringtone Okay. Wake up to that every morning. <laughs> Everyone, get on get on this girl's level. <laughs> uh, the playoffs are here, uh, so we say goodbye to the Miami. You were so close, but uh, mm-hmm. no no go. Uh, Tulsa, um, sorry, Sam Dore, you're taking over as president up there. Yeah, it didn't work out this year. Uh, Loudon, uh, not that much better than you were as DC two and Hartford mm-hmm. Brendan tab Ramos and you finished year bringing home the wooden. Sp- no, not the wooden spoon. I'm sorry. No, they did. Vegas had 19 points. The worst team in the yeah. league, your Hartford athletic. <laughs> Va- vamos tab. Vamos. Uh, that picture of that poor bastard wearing like a bucket hat when they introduced them. Uh, I, I, the second I saw that, I said, Hold on, let me save this. It will be. It will come in handy quickly when this doesn't go right for him. And uh, sure enough, uh, that man. I think he got, he's like an assistant now with New England or some crazy shit. Whatever. Hartford <laughs> sucks. So uh, your first round matchups. Uh, if you may have heard, it's the Hounds hosting Detroit. We'll talk about that in a bit. Tampa hosting Birmingham. Charleston hosting Indy, and then Memphis hosting Louisville. Louisville not in the top four. Uh, no home playoff game for them. Amazing as that is. Um, the thing to remember this year, Devin, thank you for reminding me this when we started. There is no reseeding after the first round. So in our case, the winner of the 1-8 game, Pittsburgh-Detroit, will face the winner of the 4-5 Memphis-Louisville game no matter what happens in the other games. So it's not like Pittsburgh will will face the lowest remaining seed. They will have the winner of Memphis-Louisville. 
assuming, of course, they get past Detroit. Uh, Devin, looking at the, focusing only on the East for now, though the West is that can wait. Uh, how do you see this this bracket shaking out for Pittsburgh in terms of avoiding certain teams or, or getting certain teams? Well, we're probably going to play Louisville. <laughs> um, Memphis is the is the better team. Memphis is in better form, and fate's going to have it. We're going to play Louisville. That's just how it works. <laughs> I hope that's not how it happens, but we'll see. Yeah, I it, it looked there late Saturday night. It looked like Indy was actually going to overtake Louisville for the five spot, and that would would have pushed Louisville uh, to the opposite side of the bracket from from the Hounds, but uh, not to be because it would have been nice that both Birmingham and Louisville would have been, would have been pushed to the other side because um, it's been forever since we've. What's the last team we faced that was neither Birmingham nor Louisville in the playoffs? Uh, twenty nineteen first round was Birmingham. Mm-hmm. Twenty eight was it Bethlehem Steel? Bethlehem Steel is the really last the- team that's not one of those two. Ray Lee pushing it wide to his left. Oof. Yeah, I know. Pain. A pain game. Yep. Uh so yeah, that's how the bracket shakes out. Um, but hopefully, hopefully we'll have to talk about that more as the weeks progress. But first, it is a return fixture uh, with Detroit this week back at at Fort Highmark, seven p.m. on Saturday. Uh, this past weekend, Hounds again uh, had some rotation and used, I believe, all of their available subs. Uh, Detroit stayed basically with, with their 11, I think made one change. I believe we brought that up before, uh, more depth for Pittsburgh. Uh, everything points to this being, uh, Pittsburgh all the way across. So Devin, tell me why I should still be concerned and scared and frightened. The only reason I'm concerned at all is because we didn't score uh, yesterday. Um, if we put one in, I don't think I'm at all worried. I'm still not really all that worried. Like The Hounds should be able to, to handle business. It's at home. It's against a really bad team with a pretty good goalie. That's That's really what it comes down to. So I don't think we should be concerned. I, I think the only way Detroit can somehow get past us here is if it plays out like it did on Saturday, we go to extra time and they somehow make it to penalties. But from what it sounds like Detroit doesn't have a great record in penalties in their history anyway. So even that isn't that worrying. And then on top of that, it doesn't seem like they have any depth. So, extra time probably wouldn't go well for them either so i'm not that concerned about this game but it's the playoffs it's one game anything can happen yeah i I, kind of what you were saying um i I think the biggest concern would be if it goes to spot kicks it becomes again not it's not a coin flip it's not it's not a it's not a luck thing it's a skill thing but it it still be gets 
it gets closer to a 50-50 proposition. Uh, again, as you mentioned, if it goes to the extra 30 minutes, the depth clearly falls with Pittsburgh. Um, you know, at that point, you're getting that extra sub. So you know, the, the sixth guy coming off of Pittsburgh's bench, I will take 100 times out of 100 out of the, the sixth guy coming off of Detroit's bench. Without going too far, like down that rabbit hole, it's just they're the worst offensive team in the league, even worse than the aforementioned uh, Hartford and in, in Las Vegas. Uh, like the Maxi Rodriguez magic of 2022 is not there this year. Um, you know the. The fabled, you know, Nisa All Stars, as, as they like to call themselves, or as their supporters like to refer to that. I mean, that that whole magic has gone away. And as we've mentioned, this is uh, at least in the Bob era, probably the deepest team he's assembled. It's the most cohesive team they've assembled. It it just, uh, I'm trying to look for reasons to, you know, be afraid to look under the bed at night right now. And I, I just don't see it. I just, I don't, it, it, unless some fluky thing happens, which again, in any one game, fluky things can happen. You know, the Jamai, you know, misjudges that balance and it goes over his head. You know, some some crazy thing like that. But, you know, I was slightly concerned because it's, it's one game. If it was like a two-game aggregate thing, I would take the Hounds without question. Um, and I'm just a step below that now. Uh, Ariana, what, what? where's your mindset right now? I, like has already been said, I don't want to put full force in, you know, in, you know, confidence. There's anything can happen. It is, you know, as we've mentioned, the Garage League, anything can happen. Anything will happen. But, um, you know, we put up two, it was two zero on them. Uh, when they were in Pittsburgh before, uh, uh, the nil-nil draw came without uh, a lot of our big name starters in. Uh, as we mentioned before, Kenny was on the bench. Uh, we didn't have Jamali. Not that that much mattered. There were no shots on um, target. Um, Nate was on the bench. Luke was on the bench. Uh, so we didn't start with a lot of the people were used to seeing start um you know at least for the draw so i I am a little bit more confident and and they'll have us behind them um they talk about it a lot and and in any aspect of of sports you know having home field advantage having your team behind you definitely you know is ultimately an advantage um you know we're just if it isn't evidenced by when we played Columbus um the absolute vibes in the stadium just I think absolutely lifted lifted the team uh it felt like a whole nother you know space so I think that with all of those you know positives taking towards us I am confident but when it comes down to it we have to get we have to get a goal past Nate Steinwasher and he is a pretty good keeper. He's an he's an he's an okay good keeper. So yeah, it just ultimately comes down to, you know, 
we have to push hard and fast at the beginning. We have to draw first blood. We have to put a couple up before anyone's going to feel comfy, but I, you know, not going to count them out, but I just don't think they're the team that they think they are when it comes down to it. Detroit, that is. Hounds have put their first uh, piece of hardware on the the trophy cabinet that is yet to be built. Mm-hmm. Tough to get on that. Golden boot winner. Uh, a memorable win at home against Columbus. A lot of good times this year. Mm. If it doesn't go the way we want on Saturday night, is there a way that people will make this sound like this season was a disappointment? Or would you say this season is a disappointment? If they lose this Saturday, yes, I, I think, oh, yeah, I, I still think it's a disappointment. I mean, it's if they, if they go two rounds lose to Louisville, it feels a little bit less of a disappointment. But losing to a team like Detroit at home in the playoffs, I don't. I mean, I don't think it matters what happened before at that point. Like that's Detroit's not a great team this year. I think. I think that really casts a shadow over the rest of the season if they lose the first round. Ariana? I concur. I feel like, you know, we'll be able to talk about the greatest, you know, regular season run, the greatest regular season this and that, but then the minute you start including, you know, dropping the regular of that sentence uh, and including, you know, a playoff loss in the first round to Detroit, I think that it, definitely tarnishes the season that it's become uh and i even think you know it it does each round we would make the disappointment would go down each step but i think until we put two more pieces of hardware hardware in the trophy box uh i think that this it just this season will be disappointing unless we have all of the above uh, it'll be a great run. It'll be, you know, just like it was in the Open Cup. Um, that was the best run we've ever done. If we replicate that in, you know, playoffs, I can still see us saying, you know, that's the greatest run we've done. But disappointment would still be there. The what ifs would sit around for all off season, all next season, you know, what if this, what if that, what if we did this? I just think that we need to shut everyone up and just do the damn thing all the way. You two are fucking crazy. (laughs) I, I, I can't disagree any, any stronger than that. I, but fair enough. Hey, seven o'clock kick on Saturday. Ariana, what time's the tailgate going? Noon. Be there. Be square. I'll Good. be square for a hot minute. Damn straight. Uh, <laughs> I have a tattoo appointment uh, at noon. I did not plan well, uh, so I will not be there until probably three. Um, but yeah, be there. Be square. So don't be like Ariana, being all square. Get there. Get there at noon. Yeah. Uh, it's a earlier. it's a white out. I don't know if you heard that part. So if you don't have a white T-shirt or you want to. 
uh, rock uh, the the classic Ford Highmark design. Uh, shirts will be available at the tailgate. Uh, I believe he said some of the more common sizes might be in limited numbers. So mm -hmm. you uncommon sized people have the advantage. Uh, but mm -hmm. get that, bring that shirt, bring, uh, I think the, the team is selling a shirt, get that, or just find some white t-shirt, you know, there's there's plenty around. Uh, just make it happen, do it, and uh, do it with, uh, with gusto. Uh, there will be a TIFO at this playoff game if the Hounds are fortunate enough to advance. There is a TIFO plan for all the games going forward, all the way through the USL Championship Championship. Ariana, what's what's the rough plan for those if people want to get involved? Um, so the rough plan is we paint after we clinch. Uh, so next, you know, Saturday, we will clinch the next round. We paint Sunday, um, noon-ish. Uh, times might change depending on weather and availability and all that. Um, if you want to get involved, uh, reach out to us on socials, uh, email us, or, you know, holler at your closest Steel Army friend, um, and they can get into con contact with me or get you, you know, the information you need. Um, but yeah, we're going to do this thing. Uh, if you want to get involved with that, you're absolutely welcome. We always welcome those extra hands. So, uh, yeah. Also, if you have ideas. Facts. Even if, even if <laughs> the idea you have, it doesn't eventually get used, it might, it, it, part of that gets used or it might something to put on the shelf for future, uh, yeah. future consideration. But, uh, you can never have, uh, enough ideas flown out there. Absolutely. Or um, if you design, if you want to design something and you want to send it into us, we're always open to designs, ideas, all of the above. Um, vol we did volunteering in any capacity. Facts. We did five this year. Uh, I do believe that, you know, be it we have the, the squad who is willing to paint or willing to execute um, more TIFOs next year. Uh, I'm always willing. So bring it on. Word up. Uh, so, yeah, noon start, 7 o'clock kick. Uh, victory selfies at 9. Hopefully that doesn't get extended by another half hour or so. <sighs> Devin, are you nervous? Not, not as this is the least nervous I think I've been for a first round playoff game in some time, but still a little nervous. So on the one to ten scale, the nerves are at a a three. I'd say a three. Ariana, uh, I'm probably there too. Three. Yeah, but maybe like a four or five, like uh, right in the middle there. Yeah, I'm mainly I'm, just because I'm I'm anxious for it to be the first one, and I'm going to be anxious all week, so. I yeah. think I'm with Devin. I think I'm close. I'm like at a two three. Like they're t I, the the in the two or three again just comes out of the the randomness that any one game can provide. Mm. You know. Now if if Detroit puts a ball in the net at any point, my it's going to jump to a ten immediately. <laughs> it doesn't matter what <laughs> point of the game it is. Uh. uh what if it's like a, a a Tulsa or New Mexico where the Hounds are up two or three? And they get a penalty in the ninety-first minute. Okay, yeah. If, if it's if they score, even if we're up, if they score in the first half, I'll, I'll clarify there. Okay. 
Yeah, the only the nerves sit only because of the randomness that one game, any one game can can provide. Like I said mm. before, if this was a two game two game aggregate, uh, the nerves are like at a one. Um, but we'll see. That's why we have to play the damn games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what else there is much to say at this point, but uh, get your outdoor drinking pants ready uh, for a good solid seven hours of tailgating. It's going to be like a home opener. It's going to be like 4th of July. Uh, bring your outdoor voice uh, and then leave it there because it should not be able to come back with you. You'll be able to pick it up the Saturday thereafter. And uh, time to get fucking hype, kids. It's the playoffs. It's a damn good Pittsburgh team. And it's Detroit coming to town. I don't know. Do I have to sell this any other way to you? I don't know. What else What else could we add to, to make this more juicy? I'll be there. I don't, I don't think it could be any. <laughs> Pretty much. Any better. All right. Let's, let's start wrapping this thing up. Final thoughts, mm. Devin. What did we learn tonight? Oh, I learned that Canardo Forbes is likely going to be the all-time uh, appearance leader for the Hounds, probably early next year. Yep. That'll be a nice TFO. That'll be like a big old party. Ariana, what did we learn? That would be a big party. Um. I learned that I'm apparently more anxious than my counterparts on this podcast. Yeah, that's, um, that's and I'm usually I'm the guy. Just in general, it. I mean, I feel like I was more anxious than probably both of you for Tampa, and uh, definitely for this one, I'm a little bit more anxious. So uh, I just I'm nervous. Anything can happen. It happens, but yeah, wild. Hey. Oh, and I learned that Kenny was the second most. Uh, I didn't know that before, even though that was my fun fact. I actively looked it up while I was saying it, but Kenny played 33 of 34 games. so. Yeah, that's the thing I learned tonight. I, I did not yeah. think it was actually that many. That's wild. And the fact that he lost an award because he played too many minutes. That's <laughs> amazing. Th- things you would have yeah. signed up for at the beginning of the season without asking a second thought. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Let's go, Hounds. We'd like to thank the Beautiful Game Network for providing the online hosting of Houndsley. Check out the wealth of soccer content being produced weekly at bgn.fm. The Houndsley theme music was composed and performed by Rocketman, the Space Babies. Check them out at facebook.com slash spacebabiespgh. The show is produced by Joe Majorak. Email the show at pghstoarmy at gmail.com and put podcasts in the sub- subject line. All complaints about the show can be sent to nick.noble at mail.wvu.edu. On behalf of Ariana and Devin, I'm Dan Yost. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back again soon. Even more soon than a month.